The Hornets just keep on winning two games over the weekend. And how about Mark Williams, the first round stud? Awesome performance against Miami. We discuss all of it today on Locked On Hornets. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every single day. We appreciate you making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcasts. And that includes YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. I'm Walker Mail. Find me on WFNZ from 12 to 3. That's Doug Branson. Find the Substack every Hornets box score on every Hornets box score, uh, score All he does is write about wins because his team in the Charlotte Hornets just continue to rattle off victories, baby. Four straight. We have four straight wins for the Charlotte Hornets as it stands right now, which is it's funny to say this, Doug, but it is by far the longest winning streak that they've had this season. It is, in oh, fact, yeah. I believe, double longer than any winning streak that they've had all season long. And it's coming at an interesting time because a lot of people want draft position and the best odds ever to try to get the Victor Wembenyama deal out of all of this. We can get to that in just a moment, but let's talk about a rookie that we have on the team right now because the story of the weekend, despite the two wins, it was Mark Williams, first-round player out of Duke, that took a while to see some run in the league. Got a lot last night or two nights ago against Miami. They get the win 108, 103. And the box and the, and the stat line for Mark Williams was uh, 18 rebounds, or excuse me, 18 points mm-hmm. and 20 rebounds, mm-hmm. seven offensive rebounds, nine of 12 mm-hmm. from the field, including the seal, the dunk that he had at the end to pretty much secure that victory. And then you had. Mark Williams and LaMelo Ball embracing one another as they were walking off of the court. Awesome game from Mark Williams, Doug. What did you make of his performance? That embrace very reminiscent of an iconic Charlotte Hornets photo, Muggsy Bogues and LJ embracing one another. Uh, So, yeah, it it gives you all the feels because it is the present and the future coming together. And as a Hornets fan, a long-suffering Hornets fan, I, I have to speak for my other long-suffering Hornets fans and say that this game felt a little bit like a relief, and maybe maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves, but fine, allow us that. Allow us to get ahead of ourselves and say maybe, maybe, just maybe, the Hornets have found an answer at center. And, and what a game to do it in. <laughs> it's a little poetic because the backup center, newly acquired backup center for Miami, was one Cody Zeller who for a long time was <laughs> yep. maybe the answer and then wasn't the answer. And then, oh, look, he's playing well. And then, oh, no. And nothing against Cody Zeller. I mean, he came in and did, you know, humans work, you know, for the Charlotte Hornets, but uh, was was certainly not the answer. And now th- it looks like they have somebody that can dominate inside uh, or at least has the potential to dominate inside defensively. And then offensively, yeah, just cleaning up. I feel like this is a game that's going to wake the NBA up a little bit. The NBA's Twitter account tweeting out that Mark Williams dunk. And uh, I think he could make a push here, a late push, even though he didn't make the Rising Stars Challenge, which was a sham. Uh, Hmm. You know, I think he could make a late push here for all rookie. 
Mark Williams was a beast against Miami, right? This is what I've been talking about, too, trying to find an answer at the center position. Yeah, we want a great player at center. We want a great player at every single position. We've wanted one at the five spot for quite some time now. It is something we've asked for for a long time. And finally, we get one in Mark Williams, right? At least it looks like that at the very beginning of his career. But, Doug, what I've been asking for, too, is a presence. And even I kind of think Cody Zeller was underrated. But he was never a presence here with Charlotte, right? right? Like he was never a guy that was going to swat your bleep all the way into the bleachers if he needed to. He wasn't going to dunk and then rattle the rim in game-saving moments. And even with the rebounding problems, which are very there for Mark, 20 of them, 12 defensive rebounds. And how about the offensive variety where he cleaned up a lot in this game against Miami to, to get seven and to have a couple of those second chance opportunities. Plus Doug, there are times where he's toying with Miami who is a little small bam out of bio an amazing basketball player, well, a little small, Still a little, a little small. soft. I'll say that a little the, soft. No, they're not soft at all with the heat culture, baby. That's just what it is. But Mark well, is no, soft under, I, I would say interior wise. Yeah, they did play soft. I think Mark Williams took advantage of that yes, I don't. Yeah, certainly in this game, Mark made him look like that. And he's tapping the basketball up at the top because he's just taller than everybody. Well, we don't, we, we don't have that as Hornets fans. We don't have the guy that's tapping the basketball up at the top and then just play and keep away with everybody down low. Like you heathens. This is, this is a big man's game and Charlotte's here to play again. It's fantastic to watch what he's able to, uh, what he was able to do. Yeah, it's great. And and he had a 17 and 13 game earlier uh, against Oklahoma City in another great matchup. I thought this was a good matchup for him because Bam doesn't really play super aggressive interior offensive basketball and they don't, you know, you look at this game in contrast to the game he played against Minnesota and he was in foul trouble early because Rudy Gobert was challenging him inside and Anthony Edwards was driving the basketball aggressively. Miami just didn't play that way. They want to shoot threes. They want to pass it around the perimeter. And that, again, that's going to benefit Mark Williams as he has time to make adjustments. And so, you know, this was a game that played to his advantage. I still think, you know, I want to get ahead of myself. I want to believe, but I still think there are going to be more games like against Minnesota where he gets into a little bit of early foul trouble and struggles to put up the numbers. I don't think that this is the beginning of sort of a Lynn Sanity type of you know, consecutive games where he's putting up these monster double-doubles. I don't think that's what we're in for. But I think what we got against Miami was a promise that he's going to continue to be the same professional that he's been all season. Because Mark Williams' performance right now stands in stark contrast to what we've seen from another first-round pick, another lottery pick, James Booknight, who has had opportunities and not really played up to the level that I think a lot of people expected him to. And you know, instead of waiting for those opportunities and excelling, got a little impatient and sort of showed that, that he, you know, professionalism is not necessarily a strong suit for him. So, you know, Mark, Mark has done that. And I think he's going to continue to do that. And I'm super excited that he's finally starting at the center position. Oh yeah. To, to expect a Lynn sanity type of stretch would be the way to not experience any joy from this. That <laughs> That's exactly how you do that. Right? Like why, why, you know, he's not, he's not going to rattle off more 18, 20 point performances in a row. This is a rookie that is absolutely finding his way. I talked with Marlon Garnett on WFNZ on Friday, the assistant coach for the Hornets. And we discussed how it's going to take some time because he is getting attacked in pick and roll. There's no doubt about it. Like there, there are times where, his size as far as his weight 
or the ability to get pushed around can still hold him back. But if we are viewing this under the context, which we should, in my opinion, being the fact that he has not been a part of the rotation all year long, this is what, I mean, how many games has he played now? I know he's only started over a handful, if you subscribe to five being a handful now. If he's only played a handful of starts so far, and he's giving you the 17 and 13s, now the 18s and 20s, and he's going to have other games where he does get in foul trouble, and then he has to exit, and Nick Richards is going to come in. But if we view this under the context of, you know, let's keep stacking up some good games overall and then trying to paint a big pr- uh, picture in the horizon. And yeah, it's fantastic. Like we haven't had anybody that can do this. So that's what well, that's what you love to see. And, and you can't discount showing up in the fourth quarter. I mean, this was a narrative game. I think this game is going to, you know, seal his image in a lot of fans minds. It's going to give him a little bit of leeway for the rest of the season as he continues to learn, people are going to go, okay, that's fine. You know, he had a rough game here, but man, 18 and 20, that's what he's capable of. That's what he, you know, somewhere close to that is what he can consistently put up in seasons to come. Then we're totally okay with that. It is his rookie season. What I think you also like from this game is that LaMelo and Mark seem to be figuring that timing out. It's Mm -hmm. not all the way there, but they're pounding it. Like there were several plays, consecutive plays late in that game where where LaMelo and Mark were looking for one another. And that's super exciting. And the question is, you know, can they lock in the timing on the first level? I don't even think that's a question. They will. But then get to the second level where you're going LaMelo to Mark and then Mark to someone else. Oh, boy. Then this uh, Hornets offense suddenly looks really exciting. Well, and that's still Mark, by the way, as far as the timing. It's not LaMelo, right? It's no. it's Mark trying yeah. to figure out. or base, And it's even that, that <clears throat> step that's just not quite quick enough at first, you know, here. And you expect it to come along, but you're right. Like, so the timing is really just about, okay, Mark needing to figure it out. And then that's when it all will come. But if you want to bring up LaMelo and Mark and also fourth quarter moments for the rookie, you can also look to the Atlanta Hawks game. This is not the only time where Mark has shown up late. Mark had the biggest play in the Atlanta contest to help secure that victory. And then LaMelo tapped that basketball out in a fast mm-hmm. break opportunity. So now here you have it against Miami. So there's a couple fourth quarter moments Defense for you. and offense. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, with the, excuse mm-hmm. me, <clears throat> still recovering, not 100%. You got it. I kind of look like I got, I got a Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer look going on right now on camera. You, you caught it from me. It's okay. If you want to check. Yeah, well, this, I didn't catch it from you, but I do feel like this is a little karmaic retribution for me making fun of your, your phlegm uh, that I immediately, after doing that, I immediately catch a cold. That's um, correct. But but I love that that Mark is showing up on both ends, and that's the Zeller. You know, that's kind of the Zeller comparison, right? Zeller was so great for the team offensively because he could run the floor, God Zeller, dunk it, roll hard. But you always had to find a compliment for him God with Zeller. your backup center position. Or Cody Zeller was the backup, and you had to find a uh, compliment for him at starting center. With Mark, I think you finally have someone that that Steve Clifford honestly has been looking for for a long time, uh, an anchor at the center position on both ends of the floor. Fun game for Mark. Let's talk a little bit more about what happened this weekend and two straight wins and ask a pretty important question going down the stretch. Coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Is it actually a good thing that the Hornets keep on winning? We're going to ask that and dissect it 
regarding the tanking conversation. And that is going to be coming up next here on Locked On Hornets. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is an awesome fantasy app where you pick two to six players. And if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. And they offer projections on really any sport you watch. That includes the NBA, NFL, MLB, men's and women's college basketball. March coming up soon. You'll want to get involved in prize picks there. Esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, Euro basketball. There's so many other sports. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. You have safe and fast withdrawals, and they're currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. And if you deposit 100, Prize Picks gives you 100. If you deposit 50, Prize Picks gives you 50, and you don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. More Locked On Hornets coming up next. Doug, don't look now, but they could be going on a five-game winning streak, the Charlotte Hornets, because they're on a four-game winning streak. They won the two after All-Star break, and their next contest is tonight at home against the Detroit Pistons, who are among the bottom four teams in the NBA, the category which the Charlotte Hornets sit with as well. But... It could win five in a row and five in a row is quite a lot for this team. That is one of the bottom four teams in all of the association. It has, uh, has people asking whether this is a good thing or not, right? Like I know we got a question that was written into us to, to really ask, Hey, should we be winning these games? Yeah. This question comes to us from uh, Rolf on Twitter. And this is a, uh, this show is international. I don't know if you know that, <clears throat> excuse me. Hi guys. This is from Rolf. Hi guys. Living in the Netherlands makes it hard to see every game because of time differences. That's why I'm listening to your pods every day to keep up with the Hornets. Even with a season like this, still supporting the team. I just wanted to ask you the latest wins that the Hornets are, are making. What are your thoughts? Is this team good enough even if when Bridges comes back to get into a playoff play-in next year? I do think that tanking is never a good mindset, but throwing a good draft position away this late in the season is also a risky move. Hope to hear your thoughts on this for the next pods. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Rolf. Mm-hmm. We appreciate it. Um, is it a good thing? It, it, it would have been had it been at the beginning of the year. And, and in all seriousness, it doesn't matter now. I, I don't change my answer when we kind of flirted with this topic last week of is it okay to win games this late into the season? I'm, I think the Hornets are pretty cemented in their spot right now. It was always going to be tough to catch the San Antonio Spurs for um, a worse record. They've lost 16 straight. I mean, they are doing a masterful job losing games. The Houston Rockets. I mean, Jonathan Gavoni just went on the Zach Lowe podcast the other day, the Low Post podcast, and discussed how much of a dumpster fire that organization is right now. You also had Brian Windhorst talking about it. You're not going to be able to catch Houston. You're not going to catch San Antonio. And Detroit was one where I could see you catching them because they're a young team. They could be getting better at the end of the season. And they've that beaten was you twice already. I mean, you talk about yep. the, the Hornets having an opportunity to extend this winning streak to five. I think it's going to be really interesting. Can they beat the Detroit Pistons? They haven't been able to do it. I think it's actually going to be a, a real test for them. Sure. And so that all that to say, yes, if they lose, then there you go. 
but even if they win this game, Doug, they're pretty cemented in my opinion to get this fourth draft best odds in the lottery. So Orlando right now, they are six games up five and a half. I believe if you are technical, yeah, they lost one. They are five and five in their last 10. And really Orlando is the only team that you really worry about over on the West coast. You do have the Lakers that are 28 and 32. Orlando is 25 and 36. I'd really not like to catch Orlando. I don't want to keep winning in order to catch Orlando and then get another drop in the odds, but I don't have any problem with what's going on right now. Well, first of all, what I would say to Rolf is thank you so much in Dutch, which according to Google is on Zetten bedankt. So I probably butchered that, Rolf. I apologize, but uh, that's the first thing that I would say. <laughs> no, we have to. Yeah. The second thing that I would say is that it honestly, it doesn't matter what you want. I mean, the Hornets, when they got through this trade deadline and only made the move to to get rid of Plumley and Jalen McDaniels, they were telling you something. They were telling you that they feel like that this, this is a team that has been struck by bad luck, but that when fully constructed is going to be good enough to win uh, or w- win enough to get into the playoffs or play in. And the question is, are they good enough to win a playoff series? I don't think so, but I'm going to caveat that with if Mark Williams suddenly becomes 18 and 20 guy and, and like develops into something that we didn't anticipate coming this soon. Okay. Well that, you know, all of these things can happen that change the calculus, but on the other, the flip side of that coin, obviously this team is two, three injuries away from being one of the worst teams in the NBA. They've shown that this season. Uh, they don't, you know, they don't have multiple superstars on this team that can like carry you through missing two or three players. So they're always going to be on, until they get to that point, if they get to that point, they're always going to be on the knife's edge of, hey, can they stay healthy enough to be um, competitive? Uh, But they've been winning games, Walker, because they've been getting multiple contributions. It hasn't just been about LaMelo uh, putting together uh, a a career-high number of double-doubles for him. It hasn't just been about Mark Williams starting to show out. It's been about Gordon Hayward suddenly turning into this like aggressive version of Gordon Hayward who shows up in the fourth quarter. He did it against Minnesota and uh, against Miami, making these big fourth quarter mid-range shots that are nearly unguardable, like you're really just depending on Gordon Hayward to miss, very similar to kind of the Jimmy Butler type of shot. You know, that, that's been there. DSJ's defense at the end of that Miami game was absolutely critical. And so you're having all of these pieces come together uh, coalescing to equal Hornets wins. And you also have to look at the fact that like Minnesota without towns, they're kind of, they're faltering a little bit. Miami mm-hmm. is a team, both of these teams had winning records coming into their games, but Miami was on a big losing streak. They're having some sort of existential crisis about what's going on there. And they were missing Kyle Lowry, who, who just tends to devastate the Hornets in general. So there are a lot of caveats. So I'm not like totally worried about them going on like an historic winning streak. I think they will find ways to remember why they are in the position that they are in. But look, they're going to be better than than those teams that you listed, Walker. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and, and even with this winning streak, right, you, you've beaten three teams that are currently in their conferences play-in tournament, mm-hmm. Miami, Atlanta, Minnesota, and then you beat one of the worst teams in the NBA, if not the worst team, in San Antonio. To be honest with you, 
the fact that they did beat three teams in the play-in. It's not awful. I'm not saying that to completely destroy the credence of this winning streak. At the same time, they're not any playoff teams, and you're going to be playing some more playoff teams as the season goes on. And the Hornets are not going to be favored, especially when you're discussing some of the injuries like a Carl Anthony Towns, right, from Minnesota. Um, so, yes, I, I, I'm not worried about it too much. I, Orlando, I guess there's an outside shot. I wouldn't expect it. And so I'm cool with these odds. You talked about them winning a playoff series. You know, I, I think the doubt is certainly enough there to where I don't want to be in that territory, right, where it, w- with the way that the roster is constructed, there is a lot of doubt on my part. I do think that fully healthy, this team is probably competing for a play in spot rather than a top six spot yeah. going forward. This, you know, of course, with the caveat that you have some massive improvement from LaMelo still from Mark Williams, like, okay, I'd still rather do some of the outside help and get a first round pick that can hit. Right. But, but you're right. Like it, th- this team is certainly going to be better now that they're healthier. And, you know, Kelly Oubre has played both of these games post all-star break too. Well, and I'm glad you mentioned Kelly Oubre because I wanted to bring him up too. I tried to warn folks that this is what was going to happen if they didn't completely tear this thing down was that you were sure. going to have a break and they needed that break because they've been dealing with all of these injuries. And when you deal with injuries, That means players are playing out of position, they're playing uncomfortable, and they're playing a lot of minutes, which we saw the starters. You know, Clifford was really relying on the starters to do a lot of the work because they were missing Oubre off the bench. And so they get Oubre back, they get a little rest. Like, I'm totally not surprised that they beat Minnesota or Miami because this was the perfect opportunity for them to come out and, you know, re-energize. You get Kelly Oubre, who is hitting shots off the bench. Like, the one thing that they were missing, you know, leading up to that break was somebody coming off the bench and being able to knock down a shot. They have that now, so they are going to compete. But I would ask people who would want them to tank, is like, would you want them to tank at the cost of Mark Williams building this confidence of LaMelo and Mark building their relationship? Because I don't think you can have one without the other. If they're going to play like this, uh, you know, I think people... Now, if I ask those same people about Gordon Hayward, they would say, no, I'm, I'm good with Gordon Hayward not playing well. Right. Like, <clears throat> but then look, the, the organization's not, so you just have to come to terms with it. That's what I'm telling people is j- really, you just got to come to terms with the fact that the Hornets have decided not to tear this thing down. And, and I think it's better if, if that's the decision that they made, which it is, then I think it's better that they just try to go all out and figure out what they've got with this roster, because this is the same roster that they're going to have next season, unless they decide to make a bunch of trades in this next off season, which I don't think they're going to do. Yeah, so, finish- you know, I think they've got to, they've got to go hard. Yeah, let's finish some of the other details of this conversation and then look at a contract move that the Charlotte Hornets made coming up uh, next in the Locked on Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Bryce McGowan's, his two-way contract, has now been converted to a uh, long-term contract extension. I believe four years. We'll get to those details in just a moment. And so uh, awesome to see Bryce McGowan's get paid 7.4 year with a four-team option. So we'll get to that in just a moment. Plus, we can look at some of the other younger players on this squad and ask whether they actually get any more playing time down the road. 
This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all of the fat and you don't want the calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. We've just gotten through the holiday uh, holiday season. I know a lot of people's goal is to eat healthier. And if you don't want to sacrifice taste, then Built Bars are the right product for you. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're high in fiber. They're high in protein. They're low in carbs, though, and they're low in calories. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and you can get 17 grams of protein with some of the flavors available, like churro, like some of the coconut variations that are so good. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puff as well. And if you're close to the Sam's Club, run in there and grab a 13-bar box with hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro, as I mentioned. You can thank me later or go online, built.com, B-U-I-L-T.com, and grab yourself some Built Bars that way too. One more segment to go. Locked on Hornets. Is Locked on Hornets. Are we sure that, like, everyone interprets a handful as five? I, don't I think, think so. so. Honestly, I would I'm, say a handful is normally five, but I would agree. four is acceptable. What's the whole five <laughs> things in my hand? Look, one, this is a pen, a book, I got okay. a phone. Yeah, you're, you guys are actually right. It's getting pretty full. Yeah, I know. Here's a cable. Five. Okay, that's five. That's five. And here's right, a coffee cup. What else? It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. All right, Doug, let's talk about Bryce McGowan's first. He got his two-way contract changed, and now it is a, an extended contract, four years, worth $7.4 million, with the fourth-year team option in place, and that's about uh, $2 million per, $1.85 to be exact. So now Bryce McGowan's doesn't um, is not on the two-way deal anymore, and the question could be, why did they decide to do it this late into the season? So why do you think the Charlotte Hornets decided to convert that two-way deal into a four-year contract now? Well, they were coming up on the point at which I think they, they would have been capped at the amount of games that, that he could be involved in before you had to make that decision. So I just think they waited till really the last point at which they could do that and they needed to convert because I think at the whole time, I think this whole season, or there probably was a point at which they were like, okay, Bryce, Bryce has got the goods. And uh, he's he he is matching what we thought we were going to get out of him when we when we moved up to pick him in the second round, the early second round. So once they confirmed that, you know, I think the idea was always to try to turn this into a a, a long term contract because the the numbers are so favorable. I mean, it works out to like one point seven million dollars uh, over the next you know four years. Like that's great. Um, that's great value for a, a player that I really believe has the potential to be a star in this league. Now, I'm not predicting that it's going to happen, but just everything that I've seen from him in terms of the defensive effort that has surprised me to his comfort on the offensive level, his ability to get his own shot, his length, his just body type, you know, I think he he could be the future star small forward on this team. I really have high th- those kind of high hopes for him. I think the organization does too, and you get to watch him grow on a value contract like this, I think it's a brilliant move on the on the organization's part and, and another second-round success from Mitch Kupchak. It, it does show that they're ready to buy in, right? I mean, and, and he can be that 2-3 
the guy that can handle the basketball for you. But the thing about Bryce McGowan's that I like the most is that he's aggressive. He's not afraid yeah. at all to go get that shot in the paint. And you just mentioned, you know, finding his own shot. But a lot of times that can come by being aggressive and getting downhill and trying to finish at the rim, which is something that LaMelo Ball struggles with a little bit right now. And if you wanted to to pair that backcourt one, you're talking if Bryce McGowan's if he if he reasonably figures it out to the point where he is a, an important rotation piece to this team going forward, right? You're di- you're discussing six eight Lamelo Ball at one six seven. <clears throat> excuse me, now it's catching up to me. Goodness gracious, six seven Bryce McGowan's at two. That is a long backcourt. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> and <laughs> what well, the the thing that you love about Bryce is it's it's the aggressiveness, yes. But it's intelligent aggressiveness because I think we've seen aggressiveness from James Booknight at portions when he's gotten the ability to play. And it hasn't always been intelligent aggressiveness. Uh, we haven't seen the aggressiveness with Bryce that comes with like the consecutive devastating mistakes. He's had rookie mistakes, Bryce has. But I think Bryce is where he is right now because he's able to contribute even if for, you know, multiple possessions, he's just standing in the corner while Terry Rozier, you know, dribbles the air out of the ball and goes for a layup. Like, he's had those moments offensively, but then defensively he can still contribute. And so, like, that's what I really like about Bryce. I really feel like he, he, he's a piece for this team. And so, you know, kind of transitioning this conversation into what, what can the Hornets do, you know, moving forward as they transition from, like, look – there's going to be a period here, and and we're in this period now, where they are not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, and they're going to operate as such until they are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, which they will be. I don't know how long that's going to take, but they will be. And at that point, I think they've got to then start to answer some other questions, which is, Bryce McGowan's. What do, we, what do we do if he's more involved? If we actually look for him like we've been looking for Mark Williams? We got to give James, I think they have to give James Booknight a shot. And, and, you know, one more shot as they evaluate, you know, is this a player that we're, we're going to, you know, continue uh, to work with moving forward? Kai Jones, who got some playing time because PJ Washington was out against Miami with a foot spray, and he may get some more time. So they've got to continue to look at Kai Jones. That's an interesting player for me because, like, every time Kai Jones steps on the floor, his energy and intensity stand out but so does his basketball IQ and not in a great way. I'm willing to be patient, but Kai Jones might not be patient. He might want to go to an organization that where he has a little bit more of an opportunity because obviously the five spot is a little bit locked up right now. It's, it's clear he's uncomfortable playing the four. So a lot of questions still left to answer. I hope they start answering them once they're mathematically eliminated. Well, and finally, I mean, if you want to talk about James Booknight, I mean, I guess he could be done with this team. There's a there's a possibility of that because I mean he's getting DNPs in Greensboro, and I'm not sure what that's about. Uh-huh. His stats aren't that great in the G League. Um, you know, the efficiency's not really there. And, and the other thing here too, Doug, is the fact that if you look at the payroll, you don't you have not had to have this conversation as a Hornets fan in quite some time. PJ Miles you know, even Mark Williams. Now I can't imagine that we're having this conversation then, but I'm looking at his contract and there's a team option for next year at 4.5 million. What, what is the decision there? Is it the fact that he's a first round pick? And so you just go ahead and continue to move on with James book night and pick that option up. Or is there a real shot that they move on just one him off of the books and 
you, you gave Bryce McGowan's a contract, right? Yeah. Second round stuff, right? It's different because book night is first round and I, and I get it. So there's something different there. But you gave Bryce McGowan's a contract. And the fact that we haven't had to have the idea of, well, maybe they just don't pick up the team option for the other first round picks because it was clear that you did. It's not clear at all that you do that with book night going into next season. Yeah. Well, here's the bad news for book night. Uh, well, there's a couple of pieces of bad news. One, it looks like they're going to try to compete next season. And if you're a team trying to compete, then you're going to evaluate players based on that. Can they actually contribute to your rotation? Not, oh, can this player, can we continue to develop this player for many years to come? Okay. That's bad news, number one. Bad news, number two, he plays for a team owned by Michael Jordan, who notoriously does not want to pay the luxury tax. Okay. <laughs> and so $4.5 million, while it's not a lot compared to some of the other contracts that they have, could marginally be the difference once they re-sign PJ and you know we speculate they will re- they will sign uh, Miles Bridges to some kind of deal could make the difference four point five million between paying the luxury tax and not paying the luxury tax and if that's the decision then it's goodbye book night okay so those are the pieces of bad news for James book night I mean yeah and that's a first round pick man and that was somebody we were all you know for the most part excited about because you had him fall. People thought James Booknight could go a little bit higher up in the draft process. And eventually he fell to you um, where you were selecting number 11 overall in that NBA draft and you decided to take him. And with Kai Jones, what we always knew there was potential for Kai Jones to be three years away before he was ready to contribute. We, we knew the risk there, but with Booknight, you were hoping that he could come in and help right away. You had your moments. You had the Sacramento game. We'll have that for a long time. But is are, are there any other Sacramento games on the horizon? And the Hornets might tell you no by not picking up the team option. There's a very real possibility of that. I say that they should give him another opportunity, but I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if that opportunity never never comes. We've had quotes from Steve Clifford that are sort of hinting at like everybody's gotten their shot, okay? And some yeah. players have shown you what they've done with that shot, and other players haven't. And I think this you know contract extension or contract for. Bryce McGowan's is reflective of that. Before we end the show, Walker, we cannot end the show without commenting on what might be. I mean, I don't know what's going to top it at this point because I've been tracking yammers of the year, these these highlight dunks for the Hornets, and we've had mm-hmm. a few great ones. But the one that DSJ uh, put on, I mean, that to me is the leader in the club. It might be a top dunk in the NBA. Yeah, any any what? How did you feel when when DSJ? dropped the hammer dropped the yammer dunk off the bounce i mean what how did you feel well no it was awesome i I feel like dennis smith is getting his hops back in the last two months of the season because remember he was kind of a layup god in the first couple months when he was first playing with his team there were not those thunderous slams and we had seen him participate in a dunk contest before but he's giving you that a little bit as the year goes on. So he's getting his hops back. He feels pretty good. He's what three pointers hit in both of these games, by the way. So that's nice to see one against Minnesota, one against Miami. I will, I'll say this. Yeah. I love the dunk. It goes to show you just how impressive his previous two were. The the first one, was it against Detroit? I I think if it's Detroit, if I'm not mistaken, but that dunk, I, I still will go with that one as my favorite that I've seen from him. But you're right. The one against Minnesota was monstrous, too. You just you just don't see that unless a guy is cutting and has a runway. I mean, the fact that he did it off the bounce 
and, and really had to get by his guy and then drop it like he did was just incredible. And it made me, I was so sick watching that game, like physically ill. And it made me, it was like a day quill. It was like a shot of day quill right to my heart. I was like, like I was just so excited by that dunk. And then immediately fell back into uh, my, you know, haze of illness. But it was, uh, it was truly amazing. I'm glad he's turning back the clock. The ankle obviously feels better. And also, you know, we mentioned all of these things is why they're winning DSJ's defense, the dunking, but the three point shot is back. Like you can yeah. throw it to him in the corner and he's knocking it down again. I mean, it, you know, all of these things that had failed them when, when they were losing seven, eight games in a row have suddenly completely flipped. Well, and, and so your one big thing to end on was Dennis Smith Jr.'s dunk. Well-deserved. Let me end on LaMelo's Minnesota performance in particular, yeah. because the head-to-head with Anthony Edwards, there's something there. Beat him. Where, Beat him. Yeah, yeah, 100%. LaMelo, third overall pick, rookie of the month, every single month that he was healthy, gets hurt. And then Anthony Edwards certainly makes a push. The national media, I'm just telling you right now, the national media would take Anthony Edwards over LaMelo. And I can understand why. Like, Anthony is a freaking boss. That guy's awesome. So it's a nice it's a nice battle that those two have going forward in their career. Who would you rather have LaMelo leader in the clubhouse very early on in the last couple of seasons, really this year too? Anthony Edwards has, has taken that and run with it, became an all-star this season. So now they each have one all-star appearance apiece, but LaMelo had an awesome game against Minnesota just to go over the stats, 32 points, 10 rebounds, eight assists, very nice shooting 11 of 21 from the field five of nine from three not seeing the double digit attempts there is kind of interesting um because he took 16 against miami but very good performance just wanted to point that out before we end because i don't want that storyline to get too old for us to go back and uh, dissect it but fantastic from Lamelo against minnesota i want to talk you know what in fact tomorrow I want to talk more about that game because I think there's right. some interesting things in those numbers for LaMelo. And we'll, you know, we'll see <clears throat> what he does tonight against Detroit. T- two games against Detroit, LaMelo fouled out of both of those games. And they lost both of those games. <laughs> oh, no. So we'll see. We'll see what All happens right. against Detroit. Don't foul, Melo. We want to see you play every single second. Thanks for making Lockdown Hornets your first listen today. Make your second listen game to game NBA every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on game to game covers every game from across the league with local analysis that only locked on can deliver. Follow game to game on locked on NBA available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.